Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. All right, let's get right into it. Um, We're going to be reading from 1 Samuel. We're going to read 20 verses today, chapter 1, 1 through 20. I'm going to read. We're going to kind of go through this. I feel it. This is something that God has given us, and I think it's going to be really impactful for everyone here today. All right, it says, uh, 1 Samuel 1, there was a certain man named Ramathia Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanon, the son of Jerome, son of Elu, son of Tohu, son of Sifu, and Ephrite. Okay, yeah, I butchered those words. I'm sorry. He, that doesn't matter anyway. He had two wives, and the name of one of them was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to, to worship and sacrifice the Lord, the host at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were the priests of the Lord. And on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he loved her, even though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So went up, so that went on year by year. And as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and she would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you just not eat? Where, why is your heart so sad? Am I not more than 10 sons to you? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And she was deeply distressed and she prayed to the Lord and wept, wept bitterly. And she vowed and vowed, Avowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction, affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give to him the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. And she continued praying before the Lord and Eli observed her mouth and Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord. I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your service as a worthless woman, for as long as I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went away, went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning, worshiped before the Lord, and they went back to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. And if you're taking notes today, uh, the message that the title to this message is The Wait While Waiting or the weight of waiting. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you 
We thank you for this moment that we're able to come before you and, and speak about Hannah, Father God, and speak about your word. And I ask, Father God, that we up here, the, your Holy Spirit, just take control of each and one, every one of us, Father. And as we speak each part of this message, Father, that you increase and we decrease. And that you just uh, use us to be able to minister to others who might be in need in this moment, who are waiting for something, who are carrying the weight of waiting. We thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do through this message. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yeah. So, Hannah, the story of Hannah. It was funny because the other day I was in the car and I was driving with Chino and I was on my phone. I wasn't paying attention to anything that was going on and I accidentally dropped my phone and it fell like on the floor in front of me. And when it fell, I kind of got real like, okay, I got to get it. So I leaned forward and I went rather quickly to try and grab my phone. And at the same time, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in the car. And Chino, there was a car, I guess, in front of us stopping. So he didn't have to slam on the brakes or anything. It wasn't like almost an accident, but he hit the brakes. But you know, when you're moving fast to go forward and you have a seatbelt on and he hits the brakes, they lock. So I went, ugh. Uh, and he did it like two or three times and I was literally like, I felt like a little like, like rag doll. And I, and I got frustrated. I was like, oh man, why did you do that? I was trying to get my phone and you hit the brake. He's like, babe, the car was stopping in front. And literally it was not even a big deal. But I got frustrated and I got frustrated. But I, I feel like that, that was kind of like, man, I saw my phone. I was ready to get it. That's where we find Hannah. Hannah was like, she saw like her, her, the other wife, like ha wanting to have babies and she was having babies and she, it was right there. And she was just frustrated. She was struggling through so many things time and time again, year after year. And it's crazy because year after year, they would go up and pray. And, and, and she knew that I got to go to God and I got to pray about this stuff. And, uh, but when, when you're in that situation, sometimes the weight of it is so heavy and so hard. And, 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 she, and it feels like it's going to be forever for your, your waiting to come to fruition. That there's something that's just like, it's right there. It's so easy, but I can't get it. And it feels like it's forever. I mean, she would go up year after year, year after year to pray. And then not only that, is, is when, when you're waiting on something, First of all, God always keeps you in a place of provision. She used, God used her husband to give her a double portion. So, so he knew, her husband even knew, like, okay, she's struggling. She, I know how desperately she wants to have children, but I love her so much, and it doesn't matter. I'm going to give her all that she needs. God does that with us. He's going to give us a double portion. He's going to keep us in a place of, of provision even when we're waiting. Those are just things we have to remember when we're waiting for something. God will keep you in a place of provision. And even though it might seem like it's caking forever. And guess what? What will always happen? Well, there will always be another person, a rival, Penana. She was there. She would provoke her. And I know there's a whole other message in that because provoking, she had her own stuff she needed to work with. And she was jealous because husband loved her, Hannah, better than her and all that other stuff. But she would provoke her. And poor Hannah, man, it was like, it was like Satan. Satan just used her, her, the other wife to just like make her feel like, oh, well, you don't have that. I have it, but you don't. 
to make her feel bad. Isn't that how Satan is sometimes when we're, we're wait, that's the weight of it. Like we're waiting for something. And then we look around and there's other people who's like, well, they got it. And they're not even a, as good of a Christian as I am. They don't go to church every day. And I do. And I pray God. And, you know, so that's how it is. But that's the weight. That's the heaviness. That's the weight when you're waiting for something for God. And then her husband, her husband loved her, okay? And let me give you just, he, he, he went into this whole thing about, why are you so downcast and aren't I better than 10 sons? Okay, listen, all right, let me just tell you, I love you guys. And even friends, even as friends sometimes, don't minimize someone else's pain. Don't minimize someone else's sadness. Especially, especially in these times, we're in these times, right, ladies, when, when there's racial tensions going on, times of COVID. You just, you just don't know what it is to be walking in someone else's shoes. You don't know what it feels like to walk in someone else's skin color. You don't know what it is to feel someone else's pain. So sit with someone. Sit with someone. Love them through it. Be with them. Just, just man, just don't minimize their pain. So this is where we find Hannah. She's got all these unmet expectations. She's just, she's just like, I don't know what to do with myself. So she just knows that she needs to do some things. And that's what this message is going to be about. The weight, the heaviness that she carried, she did some things. And I think she taught us three things. Three things while we're waiting for, for, for our promise, when we're waiting for that expectation, when we're waiting for something to be fulfilled. So... What do we have to do, Luki? I want, I want to invite Luki up. Luki, she's a powerhouse. She's going to tell us one of the first things we can do when we're waiting for something. Hey, man. Hello, everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, the first thing that we can do when we have unmet or unfulfilled expectations while we are waiting for a promise is to pray. Amen? Yeah? So, you know, Hannah's situation is one of the best examples where we can see in the Bible about, again, unfulfilled expectations and a desperate prayer. The Word of God says, um, as Pastor Lydia just read, that... Uh, Hannah prayed desperately in deep anguish, and she uh, wept abundantly. You know what? The moments of desperation and impossibility are the best situation to see God doing something in our lives. You know? Uh, and I have always thought that the best way to see a miracle it's not when everything is good, right? It's when everything looks like bad, a disaster, you know? But to reach that place, we need to reach desperation. Amen? But at the same time, this, this desperation has to take and reach the throne of God. So that God can stand up and answer our prayers. And you know what? For me, uh, 
the impossibilities that we can confront in our lives are opportunities that God has uh, is given us to go to the next level. In my case, being here, speaking another language that is not mine, this is a miracle for me. Oh my God, being here is, you know, it's a blessing to have a amazing pastors, you know, that they are giving me the opportunity to do this. But this is, for me, it's a big miracle. And you know what? That was exactly what Hannah did. She poured out her soul before God. You know, Hannah waited for a long time to see uh, her promise fulfilled, but she never stopped praying. You know, she never lost hope. The Bible says in Romans 5, 3, that tribulation produces patience. You know, when the Bible says that tribulation produces patience, uh, it's not talking about us as spectators, but participants in what we are confronting and the suffering that we are confronting right now. But when I say uh, we must participate to our own tribulation, what I'm trying to say is to embrace your situation, embrace the suffering, embrace everything that is happening in your life right now. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that, that if you are in sin, you are not gonna, going to embrace sin. What I'm talking about is to embrace the fact that in the midst of your impossibility, you have the power, the authority, and, the, and, and, and be courage to say, I am not doing well. I am suffering. I am bad off. I need help. And never deny what is happening in our lives. You know, all the suffering um, that Hannah experienced never, never led her to give up. It was the opposite. She persevered all the time. He pushed all the time. There are two important words that we must take into account when we find in a similar situation to Hannah's. And those words are perseverance and constant. But when I see those two words, something, a word comes to my mind is the word long suffering. Long suffering is the result of a long tribulation. So when God allow us, allows us to confront any tribulation, he's trying to build the inside of us long suffering. Long suffering is the character of Christ inside of us. So it is, so long suffering is the close relationship between perseverance and constant in the face of obstacles and adversities. Long suffering symbolizes that person who is capable to getting up in the face of adversity and like Hannah did, and who instead of acting in bad faith, in the face of the impossibility, has or she or he has the serenity and patience to wait. But you know what? But at the same time, not falling in the error of blaming others or taking revenge 
on others. When we are sometimes in difficult situations, we are in suffering. Sometimes we have the tendency to blame others for what is happening in my life. And we don't have to do that. that. We need to uh, confront the situation and say, God, this is happening to me. And God is going to send the help that you need. So Hannah's desperation and not being able to have a child was so extreme that she spent long periods of time praying, praying in the temple, like, like Pastor Lydia was uh, reading, uh, crying out, groaning, claiming for her promise day and night to the point that she was called crazy and drunk by the temple priest. And sometimes that happened to me before. Years ago, I had a bad, bad experience in my life. And when I um, spent those, those periods of time in the presence of the Lord, many people called me crazy. And I know how Anna felt. And I know when people call you or, or make you feel bad for what is happening in your life. But th this is the moment that you have to get up and trust in the Lord. You know, sometimes in our desperation, we will be for other incoherent and crazy. And what we say or what we do to the point that they can even marginalize us. That happened to me and maybe this is happening to you now. But it, it is in this moment where you have to stand firm and keep crying out before the presence of the Lord and not give up. And... You will see that you will you you will see that you will see his unexpected answer, the answer that comes from the Lord. And I want to finish with something here. The answer to your desperate prayer are not in your eyes. Waiting how many tears comes out of your eyes, or how, how many words of complaining come out of your mouth you know what the answer to your prayers are here here on your knees so then you will see the answer to your impossibility so Mimi Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we have to respond in faith even when we don't see the reality of our promise. Amen. When we go back to 10, um, verse 10, we find Hannah very, very, very bitter. She was waiting for her blessing. She wept and wept and wept. How many times do you find yourself weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping? How many times have you been hurt? How many times have you been like, God, where is my miracle? Where is my blessing? How, how long am I going to suffer? Amen. I've been, be I've been very desperate. Um, there was a time in my life where I was like, God, like when I first came to the feet of Christ, I was like, Lord, I'm like, I need healing, God. I am all messed up. I'm like, God, please heal me. Heal me. Help me to surrender what everything that the enemy has tried to take in my life. Please, I want it back. Hallelujah. 
Hannah responded in faith. I am not a wicked woman. I just know who to go with all my anguish and sorrow. And sorrow. Hannah knew that her only hope was in God. He would be the only one to help her. We know that we find God faithful even in times when we don't see it. Amen. Even when we don't see it, we know that God is there. Amen. When God is silent, it's because he's working. It's not because he's just sitting around doing nothing. No, no, no. Don't get it twisted. He is working. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, going back to my story a little bit. Um, when I was 20 years old, I came to the feet of Christ because I was tired. I came from a broken home, domestic violence and, and drugs. And I came with a lot of baggage, a lot of baggage. I came with trauma, with sexual immorality, addicted to drugs, um, suicide attempts. I was all messed up, guys. But who's not messed up, right? We, we're not perfect, right? But when I came and I said, God, I believe just like Hannah, I believe that you can heal me. I believe that you can transform my life from the inside out. I believe that there's nothing impossible. Excuse me, I spit. There's nothing impossible for God. So don't minimize God saying, oh God, I'm too messed up. You know, I got too much bags. No, 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 no. He is the creator of God. He's the creator of everything. He didn't say, you know, I just looked at something and I'm going to create it. No, he spoke. He spoke everything to existence. Amen. In verse, believing is the start of having faith. I believe, like I said, just like Hannah, are you guys believing in your miracle? Are you believing? Are you believing? All right, come on. In verse 17, Eli confirmed the promise of a child, and Hannah responded in faith. How are you responding this morning to your situations? How are you responding to what's going on in your life right now? How are you responding your past, your present, and your future? How are you responding to that? I want you guys to think about that. God spoke to Hannah, I mean, sorry, verse 18. Hannah was like, thank you, Jesus, thank you. She went back to eating and was no longer sad. She believed that God spoke through Eli and her promises would come true. God spoke to Hannah and he is speaking to you guys right now because I know for a doubt his word does not come back void, amen? He is speaking to you that there are promises in the Bible that are ours, that are ours. So we got to grab them through faith and say, this is the promise that God has given me. It's mine. It is mine. God has given you that gift that is yours. Amen. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews um, 11, and that's called the, the Hall of Fame of Faith. Of faith. So I want you guys to write that down. Hebrews 11, it's called the Hall of Fame. So when you have a chance, I want you guys to read that. But I'm going to read Hebrews 3, I mean 11, 32 to 34. And it says, is it up there? I'm sorry, guys. No, it's not there. But anyways, okay. Through faith, they conquered kingdoms. What kingdoms are you going to conquer 
in your life through faith? What kingdoms are you going to conquer in your life through faith? Are you just going to let it ride? Or are you going to say, you know what? I'm going through this. I believe that I'm going through this because you got to acknowledge what you're going through. You cannot just like, you know what, let it ride and that's it. No, you got to acknowledge what you're going through. And you're going to say, Lord, I'm going to conquer this. I believe that you're going to walk with me. Even when you're walking through the wilderness of your life, God is with you. He's teaching you. He's molding you. He's showing you. Don't despise this wilderness that you're going through. Wilderness means situations, you know, bad situations, good situations, whatever situation that you're going through. God is with you. Amen? Our faith in God is like spiritual glasses through which we view the world around us. Our physical eyesight may not detect his almighty hand working in events and situations of our lives. Amen? But faith looks beyond external truth and promises of scriptures. So we see beyond that. Faith sees beyond our, our current situations. Amen? But when we have the eyes of Christ, that's why it's like, Lord, every day I pray, God, give me your eyes so that I can see. Because with our human eyes, our fleshly eyes, man, the enemy limits our vision. He only helps, he only allows you to see the negative in you, the negative around you. But when we see through the eyes of God, he helps you to see beyond your faults, beyond the situation, beyond what's going on. He says, you know what? I'm giving you a hope for the future. Come on. I got you. God's got you. He's got me. He's got you, ladies. He's got you. And Philippians 4, 6 tells us that to not be anxious, instead to bring our concerns and requests to God with thanksgiving, trusting him and the work that he's doing according to his will. Um, I was given the, the privilege on my birthday last Sunday. My husband gave me a little present and I was able to travel to Miami. Amen. So um, as I walked into the aircraft, I was like, you know what? I'm walking, but I wasn't worried about the pilot, how he was going to, you know, take us to, to Miami. I was just like, you know, he got it. He knows what he's doing. I'm not going to worry about it. So why don't we do the same when it comes to God? Why do we doubt him? Why do we doubt? We don't doubt the, the, the pilot to take us to our destination. So why do we doubt God? when he's trying to take us to our destination. I want you guys this morning to respond through faith, even through your oppositions, through the sorrow, disappointments, your faith will always prove God faithful. Amen. All right. That was so good, Mimi. All right. So, <laughs> I'm hoping I don't bump into this table right here. <laughs> All right, back on track. And that is why we worship, because he is faithful and his promises are yes and amen. So Hannah, we talked about Hannah. She worshiped while she waited. In verse 19, she prayed. She received the word in faith. She was no longer sad, and she returned the next day and worshiped. 
Even before the act of lovemaking with her husband, her attitude had already changed. She was no longer disappointed. She prayed, she responded in faith, and now worshiped on credit. Hannah worshiped as if she had already received her promise. I love that. It's like a good reminder for all of us. Verse 20 says, in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. She received her promise. We must worship in the middle while we are waiting. And so this is how it works. Our spirit believes and has perfect faith while you worship. You're bringing your soul and your physical body on the faith journey. Now your soul and mind can think, I believe so many times, I believe for so long, and an enemy can begin to trick you. You doubt yourself. You begin to get disappointed, filled with depression, anxiety, and anger. But while you worship, your soul and your physical body begins to catch up with your spirit. You begin to feel uplifted. Hope is restored. Sadness must go. Depression and anxiety must stop. We worship on. There you go. So now being transparent in this moment right here, Jason and I have two amazing, incredible boys that we love dearly. We wanted to have another baby, and we were trying for years. Early last year, March, and forgive me if I get emotional. I promise you, it's the hormones. It's not me. We, could, uh, we tried for years, and we couldn't get pregnant. And finally, early last year, in March, I got pregnant. And it was, yes, it was amazing. It was the best thing. Our prayers were finally being answered. And after a few doctor appointments, things didn't look so good. Ultrasounds didn't show what they needed to show. They finally decided to do an exam. And I did the exam. I waited in the room. And I'm thinking nothing. I feel perfectly fine. The doctors are saying this. But I didn't think anything of it. And I remember the doctor came in and she said, Allison, I wish I had better news for you, but it looks like you're beginning to miscarry. I was like, what? There's no way. There's no way. Like, you have to be wrong because physically I feel fine. I feel great. There's no way this is happening. I've had two other pregnancies. They were fine. They were healthy. There's no way this could be happening. And... I remember just thinking, I was in such a disbelief, there was no way. And I remember my mind, my body was just, you know, so down. And I remember that the next day I was in so much pain and the next day I was in so much pain, nothing I was doing was helping. Nothing I was doing was helping me feel comfortable. And deep down inside, I, I knew what was happening. I'm not naive about it. I knew exactly what was happening. And at that point, my body, my mind were crushed. And I remember Jason and I were sitting in the garage, and the boys were playing outside with their friends riding the bike. And I remember we were watching them. And I remember telling God, I said, God, I don't know exactly why this is happening. I don't know what I did, but all I know is that you love me. All I know is that you've been so good to me, and I have evidence right there in front of me, my two boys, healthy and strong. You gave me two amazing boys. You gave me an amazing husband. So if this is it, God, if this is all we're going to have, I'm okay with that. 
because you've been so good that I can't forget all the good that you did. That night, I miscarried the baby. Jason and I were so broken. After miscarrying, I knew I had to draw closer to God. My soul, my mind told me, that's it, it's over. My body was depressed. I was worn out physically. My spirit kept believing, though. My mind and my body needed to catch up with my spirit. Because nothing in the physical could ever fill the hole that was in my heart. I knew I had to worship through the pain. I knew I had to fully surrender to God to get through this hard time. So clearly, friends, I want to tell you today that my mind and my body catch up with my spirit, and the evidence is right here. See, God is so good because we're expecting an amazing boy in a couple months. But all it took was my mind and my body to catch up with my spirit. Because if I was going to lose myself, I was going to lose all faith. But your spirit has to be lifted. So I just want to encourage you today, those of you sitting here, those of you watching online, don't give up. Hold on to the promise. Those of you moms sitting here today, don't give up. Worship on credit. Fathers, worship on credit. Friends, worship on credit. Because he is so good. And his promises are what? Are yes and amen. 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 Yes and amen. The weight of waiting. What do you do when you're waiting for an un unmet expectation? What do you do when you wait? Waiting on something that God has promised you, you pray. Desperately, you pray. You respond in faith. Take those steps, what God tells you to do. If you have no faith, look for faith. Find it in the Bible. There's so many Bible verses, so many stories, even the story of Hannah. If, you, if, if he could do it for them, he can do it for you. If he did it for Allison, he can do it for you. If he did it for Mimi, he can do it for you. If he did it for Luki, he can do it for you. Draw down on their faith. Draw down on their faith and respond. And then worship on credit. Start worshiping God. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, think about whatever is true. Think about whatever is right. Think about whatever is good. And all those things come from God. Focus on God and worship him through those times in waiting. And I know that I'm going to be honest with you, there are, t there are moments, there are, everyone goes through these times where we have unmet expectations. And, and I can guarantee if you do this, the peace of God will come over on you. And when you receive that promise, you're going to be, oh man, testify. But let's be honest, not everyone has all the promises met. And not everyone even knows who Jesus is. So I'm going to take this opportunity before we move on into another time of worship. I want, I want to give you an opportunity that if you don't know who Jesus is, he is the promise, the ultimate promise. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. 
If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My 